Oh, my God. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Is the fate of all mankind 
No one can avoid the bustle and the grind. Rushing to meetings, closing the deal. On the phone, on the road, buying, selling, spinning wheels. It's easy to lose balance, chasing money and success. But there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed. And as each day passes, joy fills the air. Waiting for the moment to stand up and declare. Baruch Hashem, it's For six days every week We work hard and struggle Just to make ends meet But once out of seven We all become kings Who greet Shabbos Amalco By rising up to sing As we learn When I hear the boss, I jump Too sharp to go to school I'm always parking by a pump But all of the worry Goes down the drain When my wife and children join me In singing the refrain
above the above, we get to bond with those we love. And there's one more plus. Our parents spend more time with us. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat Hashem. J.M. in the A.M. from Journeys, volume number five. It's brand new. And again, a big congratulations to A.B. Rottenberg and the entire cast of Journeys 5. What an unbelievable release. It was great speaking with A.B. about it earlier in the week. If you missed it, don't forget there's an archive, both on the app and, of course, on our website, where you can check out the uh, conversation from earlier in the week with A.B. Rottenberg right here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard Micha Gammerman's Leil Shabbat medley. You heard Shlomo Katz with Bowie Vishalom and Likrat Shabbat. You heard Bo Shabbos done by Yaakov Shweki. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's a Friday on this March 25th, day 22, in the month of Adar 2, the year 5782. Tufshin Pei Beis with an Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini. It's Erev Shabbos Para. Two Torahs tomorrow. Candle lighting time in New York, 653. 6.53, and we've got a seven-hour difference again between New York and Jerusalem as uh, Israel has now gone on to daylight savings time. So it's a seven-hour difference again, 6.53 here in New York for candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh Nisan tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Nisan will be next Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh Nisan will be next Shabbos. Again, it's Shabbos Mavarchim. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. A reminder from JM in the AM. 45 degrees with 90% humidity. Winds are west at 4 miles per hour. Clouds, sun, we got it all with a high of 62. Partly cloudy tonight, low 46. And tomorrow afternoon showers and a high 54 degrees. Right now, 44 in Yerushalayim, 45 here in New York. As we say good morning at JM in the AM, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Um, feel free to do so. Use the app, by the way, to offer any suggestion you might have for our Nissan Chesed campaign. We've gone through some of the possibilities of, uh, or some of the suggestions that we have in terms of what people could do for families and others. Um, not expensive. I mean, it can be expensive if you want. You can get them a really massive gift card to a supermarket, which will alleviate a lot of pressure for another family. Uh, but it could be uh, just a simple gift. Uh, to just uh, wish everybody a wonderful Yontif, whatever it might be. And we're going to be uh, touting this and pushing this and uh, talking about this uh, between now and Erev Yomtov three weeks from now. Yeah, that's right, Pesach's three weeks from tonight. Uh, and we'll be encouraging everybody to, to do uh, some type of chesed in a campaign that we call It Takes Two. That's what we call it, It Takes Two. Uh, you go ahead and do something nice for someone else, and the intention is or the hope is that that person will then go ahead and before Yontif, do something uh, meaningful for somebody else or for another family. That is what we are uh, hoping all of this accomplishes as we do the It Takes Two campaign. Wow, just three weeks to go until we got uh, the holiday of uh, Pesach. I didn't realize that. Well, <laughs> I, real I realize it now, that's for sure. JM in the AM, Malcolm Holmline an hour from now, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We will... Conduct a weekly update and talk about some of the things going on in this interesting world of ours. And boy, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I certainly think you have to admit that there is a uh, there there is a list a mile long of uh, things that are happening in this world that need to be discussed. We'll do all of that with Malcolm Holmline an hour from now here at JMM. Rabbi Yudin, Harry Rothenberg, plenty more all happening for Parsha Shmini and Parsha's Para. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
love the land is Shabbos enters every Jewish town. Full of love for Hashem, our hearts fill with joy, bursting forth with the Zmirai sound. The Shabbos One peaceful Friday night The table decked in white The gloom and darkness of gallows Seem lost in the candle's light Entranced by the brilliant glare A young boy pondered he dreamed of a world of Kiddusha, where Shabbos is kept everywhere. With Smirais and learning and bright candles burning, my weekly Nechama lifts up my Nishama for Shabbos. To sing the song of Shabbos The whole world is waiting To sing the song of Shabbos The flowers and the trees Sing the song of Shabbos The valley and the mountains Sing the song of Shabbos And I am also Shabbos, come dance on the street. 
Sunsets over the clouds as the world stands so still, not a sound. But listen carefully, you can hear the whispering announcing the arrival of the Shabbos Queen. The candles reflecting the joy. On the faces of every girl and boy, mother prays there silently. Children sing lechadoidi as the shchina descends to fill the world with peace. Suddenly, from the dark comes my Shabbos, my spark, and its holiness lights up my soul. It's a treasure that makes me feel whole, and my spirits soar 'cause my heart feels at home. And on each Friday night, I can close my eyes tight. I can picture it so vividly. I can taste the gula so sweet. It's the time. And as long as Klal Yisrael keeps the Shabbos, very soon Hashem will also keep His promise. And on that day, candles cast their glow. We'll be on our way back home to Yerushalayim. Oh, you're my destiny. 
this is going away. The sky is getting dark, it's the end of the day. Oh, Shabbos, you really should know. We're sorry to see you go. But you will come back next week, we know. You will come back, for we love you so. So let us thank Hashem, who will bring Shabbos Wer will heim jedem Smooth? Tanzen 
משרתך.
brand new Ari Goldwag. It's Geschmack to be a Yid is the name of that one here at JM and AM. Nachas brand new with Ba'elim Hashem. Himlen, that was Chaim Shlomo. You heard Journeys in there with Baruch Hashem at Shabbos off Journeys volume number five. That's brand new. Micha Gammerman with a Lil Shabbat medley in there as well. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini. Mazel Tov to those whose Bar Mitzvah Sedra is this week. I know of at least four, four or five. I'm trying to think now. At least four or five people whose Bar Mitzvah Sedra is Shmini. Uh, Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Para, two Torahs tomorrow. Candle lighting in New York at 653. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Seven hour difference again. Israel now on daylight savings time. Seven hour difference again between New York and Israel. Um. Well, Ben Shoshchodesh tomorrow. It's Shabbos Mavarchim. Well, Ben Shoshchodesh tomorrow. Shoshchodesh Nisan will be Shabbos. Shoshchodesh Nisan will be Shabbos next week. Keep that in mind. Mix of clouds and sun with a high temperature of 62. Cloudy tonight, low 46. And tomorrow, some afternoon showers. High Shabbos, 54 degrees. 45 right now in New York. Saying, uh... Reminding everybody that our Chesed campaign for the month of Nissan has already kicked off. Yeah, it's not the month of Nissan yet, but we kicked off the Chesed campaign. We'll talk more about it as we get closer and closer to the holiday about doing nice things and incredible things for people, even if simple and inexpensive, before the holiday. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jamie. Galei Tzal, Asha Ashtayim. Shalom Rav, Ba'ulpan, Gai Novotni, Im Mashekorei Akshab. פסגה מדינית היסטורית תיארך בתחילת השבוע הבא בארץ, כאשר שרי החוץ של ארצות הברית, איחוד האמירויות, מרוקו ובחריין, ייפגשו בהזמנת שר החוץ לפיד. חמשת השרים יקיימו סבב פגישות מדיניות משותפות. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסוף וולברג מזכירה, שלפני מספר חודשים נערך מפגש משותף לשרי החוץ של ישראל, ארצות הברית ואיחוד האמירויות, וכעת מדובר בפעם הראשונה ששרי החוץ של מרוקו ובחריין ישתתפו במפגש המדיני. נשיא טורקיה ארדואן אומר כי ייתכן שראש הממשלה בנט יגיע לפגישה בטורקיה. ארדואן אמר את הדברים בתדרוך לכתבים בעת חזרתו מוועידת ראשי נאטו בבריסל. נשיא טורקיה הוסיף כי זו עשויה להיות תחילתו של עידן חדש ביחסים בין המדינות. גורם ישראלי מסר שכרגע לא מתוכנן ביקור של ראש הממשלה בטורקיה. כ-300 בני אדם נהרגו בהפצצה הרוסית על התיאטרון העירוני בעיר מריופול לפני כעשרה ימים, כך לפי השלטונות באוקראינה. כתב חדשות החוץ, טל שנהב מוסיף כי בקייב מקווים שהיום ייפתח מסדרון בטוח לפינוי אזרחים מהעיר הנצורה זה שלושה שבועות. בבית המשפט המחוזי בתל אביב התנהל בשעה זו דיון בפרשת גן סיגל בחולון. הסייעת אורטל בנימין, הנאשמת ב-26 מקרי התעללות בגן, מוסרת כעת את עדותה ומספרת כי היא לא זוכרת דבר בגלל השפעת משככי כאבים. כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס פרסמה אתמול ביומן הערב כי בנימין הובאה לאולם בצו מעצר לאחר שחודשים לא התייצבה למסור את עדותה. השוטרים לא מצאו אותה בביתה והיא הובאה רק כעבור שש שעות. כתב אישום הוגש היום לבית המשפט המחוזי בבאר שבע נגד הורים מאשקלון בני כ-30 בגין התעללות ותקיפה של תינוקת בת כארבעה חודשים. מוסיף פרטים כתבנו בדרום, רמי שני. ההורים מואשמים בהתעללות בביתם בת הארבעה חודשים. כתב האישום מפרט את המעשים שהתגלו במהלך החקירה שנעשו כלפי הפעוטה. לצד כתב האישום 
ביקשה הפרקליטות לעצור את השניים עד לתום ההליכים המשפטיים כלפיהם, יצוין כי הם כבר הועמדו לדין לפני שנתיים בעבירות דומות. בעלי קבוצת הכדורגל של הפועל תל אביב, שרון ניסנוב, הגיש תלונה במשטרה לאחר ששני ראשי חזיר הושלכו מחוץ לביתו. במועדון מסרו כי הם מזועזעים מהתנהגותם הברברית של החוליגנים שמנסים לפגוע בקבוצה כלשונם. ידיעה שהעביר ראש תחום הספורט, עידן קבלר. משרד הבריאות מזהיר את הציבור מפני רחצה בחופי בת ים, תל אביב והרצליה עד להודעה חדשה. זאת בשל זרימת מי ביוב לים בעקבות ירידת גשמים חזקים במרחב גוש דן. כך מעדכנת כתבתנו לענייני בריאות טל אור מאירסון. מזג האוויר לקראת הערב, הגשם ייפסק. מחר ייתכן טפטוף עד גשם מקומי קל בצפון הארץ. תחול עלייה בטמפרטורות, בעיקר בהרים ובפנים הארץ, אך עדיין יהיה קר מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות.
J.M. in the A.M., Abe Cohen and company with, um, and Revi Schwabel, of course, a big part of that, uh, with the song Shabbos here at J.M. in the A.M. That was introduced to us by our friends and partners in Torah, if I'm not mistaken, many, many months ago. Uh, J.M. in the A.M., whoa, give me a second here, I gotta, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta write something down in the middle of the show. Um, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us. It's Shabbos Mavarchim. Uh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan is next Shabbos. Keep that in mind. Uh, got an amazing piece of news uh, the other day from the one and only Yonina Siegel. She told me that uh, Gabby and uh, Jared Benjamin get a major Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov to Gabby and uh, Jared Benjamin on the birth of a baby girl. Margalit Esther, Riley Rose, is the name of the newborn. Mazel tov to Gabby and Jared. Mazel tov to uh, Joni and David Schottenstein and to Heather and Mark Benjamin and the extended Schottenstein and Benjamin families from all of us here at JM in the AM. So it's wonderful news. Great to share with everybody, to say the least. Um, a new service from the Ohel Zachter Family National Trauma Center is ready to support educators. We know that teachers are on the front line supporting students' mental health and well-being day in and day out, and it's become apparent that they need emotional support as they're facing ever-increasing personal and professional challenges every single day. OHEL's Teacher Support Helpline offers free confidential one-on-one support, offers counseling for your emotional needs and the behavioral and social-emotional challenges in the classroom. The helpline is staffed by a team of experienced school psychologists and mental health professionals under the supervision of the great Dr. Norman Blumenthal. Information, 718-686-3230. It's open Monday through Thursday starting at 4 p.m. until 6 and then 8 p.m. until 10, and Sundays from 9 to 12 and 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Again, it's 718-686-3230 for the Ohel Zachter Family National Trauma Center. So keep that in mind. Uh, I wanted to take this opportunity... Um, let me see here. Yeah, I wanted to take this opportunity to again thank Rabbi uh, David Katz, uh, who's the dean of MMY in Israel. Last Shabbos, last Friday, um, 
as they do every single week, uh, they released a newsletter with uh, beautiful Dvar Torah and a whole bunch of other information and things going on at MMY. And uh, the Dvar Torah was centered on uh, the way I wrap up our radio broadcast each day for the last God knows how many decades. Uh, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. And it was really wonderful to be cited in that fashion. And uh, I want to thank everybody, David Katz, everybody at MMY. I hope they enjoyed the Dvar Torah. <laughs> it, it wasn't mine, <laughs> but, but apparently it, uh, it certainly was inspired by something that we do here at JM in the AM. So best regards to everybody in Israel. That's an MMY and by David Katz and uh, his wonderful institution in the Holy Land. Friday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM as uh, we continue. And, uh, oh, I wanted to remind everybody the Young Israel of Hillcrest, the Young Israel of Hillcrest on Jewel Avenue in Fresh Meadows has a Shabbat scholar in residence this Shabbos. The one and only Rabbi Menachem Liebtag is going to be the Shabbat scholar and resident of the Young Israel of Hillcrest. Today, Friday afternoon, Mincha will begin at 7, and tonight he'll speak about the biblical roots of how we welcome Shabbat. Shabbos morning after Musaf, 7 or 8, which number has more Kedusha? Hmm. Shabbos afternoon before Mincha, let my people go. Why the God of truth employs trickery to redeem his nation. Shabbos afternoon with Mincha at 645, re-examining our Haggadah, why we quote Sefer Dvorim way more than Sefer Shmos. And a Saturday night, a Zoom interactive session at 845 p.m. in search of the Seder in Magid. Uh, it's co-sponsored by Toby and Mark Singer. That's our good friend, Dr. Mark. Toby and Dr. Mark Singer in honor of the engagement of Raziel Siegman and Elisa Mandelbaum. And it is um, it also... Uh, it being dedicated and co-sponsored by Miriam and Howard Schatz in memory of Howard's parents and Miriam's grandfather, whose yard sites are in Adar. So Young Israel of Hillcrest, Jewel Avenue, Fresh Meadows, New York, beginning tonight with our Menachem Liebtag. Really an amazing array, an incredible lineup of wonderful presentations that will, um, that will no doubt uh, inspire and uh, and I mean it certainly will inform, but it, it, it's hard. It is hard to um, it is hard to describe just how incredible Rabbi Liebtag's shiurim, how incredible his lectures are. You go to them and you will be uh, completely enthralled. Harry Rothenberg has words about this week's parsha. Here he is at JM in the AM. Moshe gets angry at his older brother Aaron, the high priest, in connection with the sacrifices that Aaron brought on the day of the inauguration of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. There's a hidden irony in this story. One of those sacrifices was a goat, and it was brought specifically to atone for a prior terrible infraction in Jewish history, when the brothers had sold Yosef and then killed a goat to make it look to their father like Yosef had been attacked and eaten by a wild animal. So think about that. A sacrifice was brought to atone for the sin of a fight between brothers, and it led to a fight between brothers. That's crazy. That's like standing at a pizza protest outside a slaughterhouse, holding a huge sign saying, eat plants, not animals, and then going to lunch afterwards and ordering a burger. How can that happen? But maybe it's a cautionary tale for us to never rest on our laurels, to never assume that, hey, I made a mistake. I recognize that it was a mistake. It'll never happen again. Don't assume that. You have to always be careful. But now look at how this argument, this time between brothers, wound up, or 
more accurately, wound down. Even though Moshe was angry, not on his own behalf, but on God's behalf, he was righteously indignant, he was very careful about his older brother's honor. He didn't address his anger, his complaint at Aaron. Instead, he spoke only to Aaron's sons. And when Aaron stepped in and defended himself, when he explained why he had done what he had done, Moshe realized, wait a minute, he's actually right. I'm the one making a mistake here. And he accepted that. It was it. It was over. He didn't walk away in a huff. There was no blaming, no finger pointing, no excuses, no justifications. Hey, I made a mistake. And that's it. And according to one commentator, he went even further. Moshe sent out a messenger, like the town crier, to go tell the entire Jewish people assembled there in the wilderness that I was in an argument with my brother and he was right. I was wrong. Showing us that is how you end an argument. That's how you own up to a mistake.
J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning on an Erev Shabbos. Two Torahs tomorrow. It's Shemini and it's Parshas Parah. Candle lighting in New York, 653. Seven-hour difference now. Israel is on daylight savings time, so a seven-hour difference. 
Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Oh, delicious Abel's and Hyman products. You'll love them. Abel's and Hyman kosher hot dog sausage and deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Go to kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. You'll be glad you did. That I could tell you. Uh, try A&H today. I got the most recent circular, or I should actually put it differently. I got the most recent email update, because the circular, I think, is only on the weekends. I got the most recent email update from our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms. Go to CasinoFarms.com, CasinoFarms.com. Visit Aaron's today or any day between now and Pesach in Queens on Casino Boulevard. They've got some Friday-only grocery deals going on today for some Koshala Pesach products, which is pretty cool. Uh, they also have Mechis Friday specials that are valid only today. I've seen Mechis go and uh, offer um, uh, items at their takeout counter on special Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I've never seen it Friday. I've never, I've never noticed that, that they do it sometimes on Friday. Uh, so today you want some hot kugel or some delicious uh, uh, southern fried chicken or Moroccan chulant or any of the other items uh, that are on special. Go to Mechis inside of Aaron's Casino Farms on Casino Boulevard in Queens, New York. Mechis is taking Pesach orders right now. Uh, Aaron's is your one-stop Pesach shop with tremendous inventory and a wonderful uh, servicing staff uh, to get you through your shopping experience in the easiest way possible. Check it out, everybody. Go on the web at casinofarms.com and check out Aaron's today. Want to give a special shout-out to our friends at shopeichlers.com. Shopeichlers.com. It's three weeks until the Seder, three weeks from tonight, and there's an opportunity, of course, to get all the Judaica you need for the Seder and for Yuntiv at shopiclers.com. And when you do, remember, they have free, they, I shouldn't say free, they have same-day delivery, same-day delivery to tens of neighborhoods in New York and New Jersey. Keep that in mind. And they have a website with thousands of items in every category you can imagine. Go to shopiclers.com, get ready for Pesach with whatever Judaica you need, and get ready to enjoy a wonderful Yuntiv. And take advantage of the same-day delivery in so many different communities around New York and New Jersey. Again, shopeichlers.com. All righty. JM in the AM. Uh, Malcolm Honline joins us about uh, 10 minutes from now as we will uh, try to explore as much as possible regarding the the different things going on in this world of ours. Oh, my gosh, there are so many, so many things happening right now. Uh, we'll try to get to everything. The list is long. And we'll, try, we'll certainly try to uh, uh, cover as much as possible right here at JM in the AM.
Confident and resolute, not much in life is absolute. How the future will unfold, who will win the Super Bowl. But in the Igreis Maisha's view, one thing you can be sure is true, and he wrote it unequivocally. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleashley She. Ain't no Bishel in a Cleashley She. Ain't no Bishel in a Cleashley She. You can try for all eternity. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleashley She. Cleary Show. Cliche D. Well, there's a different case to see. I could say with positivity. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleashley She. Don't take much to conclude this world has little certitude. Oh, yeah. In years past, high fat could kill. Now it's a diet pill. They don't work. There are at least two sides in each debate, and stocks will always fluctuate. Yes, they do. He wrote that it's guaranteed. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleachley she. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleachley 
That's no cause to make a fuss. It's all about in whom you trust. For if Moshe said that it's a fact, not the farmer's almanac, and that's sure good enough for me. There ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She. Ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She. Ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She. J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning era of Shabbos. Ain't no Bishel in a Cleachly She. Love discussing that with A.B. earlier in the week. That's off of Journeys volume number five here at J.M. in the A.M. Um... J.A. Mora had uh, requested that song uh, on the NSN app. So there you go. J.M.N.M. Friday on this Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Para. Uh, before the Eight No Bishel, you heard Uri Davidi brand new with Echad Mi Odea. Our friends at ArtScroll remind you that um, there's a website, artscroll.com. And uh, everything you need for Pesach and everything you need for year-round is available on the site. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code RADIO. Right now, I must point out that in addition to the 51-volume English Talmud Yerushalmi being completed, there is a video online, which you'll see at artscroll.com, entitled The World of Talmud Yerushalmi. It's an amazing video, the journey of Talmud Yerushalmi from Tiveria to today. Highly recommending it. The final volume of the 51 has just been finished. The savings are great. So check it out. Go to uh, artscroll.com. A whole bunch of brand new material, including the uh, final volume of Yerushalmi. But there is so much happening. If you missed our conversation with Rabbi Gedalia's Lottowitz, which happened yesterday, there's an archive section, lucky enough, both on the NSN app and at NahumSiegel.com, and you can go and uh, listen to that conversation and hear about some of the things that are brand new three weeks before Pesach that will uh, enhance your holiday. Whether it's something specific for the holiday or something that just, you know, will be great reading material for the holiday. So check that out if you missed our conversation yesterday. Candle lighting in New York, 653, a seven-hour difference again between New York and Israel. Seven-hour difference. Everybody's on daylight savings time. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Nisan will be next Shabbos. Two Torahs this week, three Torahs next week. Could you imagine? Pretty amazing. Eitan Katz is brand new, and you're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Eitan Katz, brand new. Had a great conversation with him this week as well. If you missed it, it's in the archive section. 
NSN app, NahumSiegel.com. Part of a great new music alert week here at JM in the AM. He's got the brand new album out entitled Truma. And uh, had a really nice conversation about that with him here at JM in the AM. Our Nissan Chesed campaign has kicked off, even though we're still in the month of Adar. Uh, you can utilize the app or email any suggestions you have of um, unique ways that people can enhance someone's yuntif, um, as we kept saying last year. And I, I have a list of about eight things that I'm going to be emphasizing. I'll do more of this on Monday. Um, some favorites that, you know, the very, very first one, of course, was purchasing tickets to Six Flags for families that couldn't afford it so kids wouldn't have downtime during Cholamoy. Uh, that, that started this whole thing God knows how many decades ago. And now we've gotten to the point where we're making suggestions about what people could do for other families. Not necessarily poor families, but large families, small families, everybody. Uh, and the uh, reason it's called uh, It Takes Two is because we're hoping that when one does this chesed for someone else, they'll go ahead and before Yontif do something nice, no matter what it costs, a little or a lot, uh, for someone uh, down the line. That's the intention, and we'll talk more about that later on. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JMNAM. A big shout-out to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos to read about Israel and the Jewish world, check out JewishWorldReview.com. Again, JewishWorldReview.com. Check it out and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning to you. Oh, what confusing times we're living through, wouldn't you say? Confusing, <laughs> complicated, absolutely. Uh, oh, by the way, before we get to the news of the day, and we will get to everything, folks, at least we'll try to get to everything in terms of Ukraine, in terms of Israel, etc. Uh, we need to note the passing of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Uh, it's somebody that you've spoken about on the air in the past, and you've mentioned your encounters with him. I did not realize, frankly, until his passing, uh, just how much of uh, an effect he had on so many um, um, areas of the Jewish community, meaning that uh, very often you'll, you know, you'll have people who have their quote-unquote Hasidim, their following, uh, those that, um, uh, those who, uh, you know, uh, make it a point to uh, adhere to, um, um, uh, to their uh, recommendations, etc., etc. I did not realize, Malcolm, that there were so many people around the globe and from so many different backgrounds who relied on him and respected him the way they did. It was really remarkable, and anybody who went to his home would see the lineup of people coming in, not only kipot of every kind, but also some without, uh, or normally without, and the, whether it was public officials, whether it was others, who often went quietly to, to visit him uh, over the years, and I had the privilege of doing so. It's, uh, it is truly remarkable, and you saw it in the turnout. If you look carefully at the pictures, you saw the array of people who came, especially of young people. Yeah, and uh, you always uh, emphasize the importance of leadership in our community. Uh, I'm assuming this vacuum will be, will be, you know, the void will be filled at some point, but uh, n- things are never the same. When leadership changes, things tend to change, correct? Absolutely, and each leader brings their own mark and you know, we we um, have seen what the absence of leadership can do, not in our community, in our country, in the world as a whole, where right now you see that um, that there really is a serious lack of leadership. 
uh, that uh, prevails. Yeah, no question about that. And then selfishly, I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, to um, uh, help me uh, remember someone else who uh, passed away this week, and that's uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Hochbaum. And you know I say it selfishly because of what he meant to uh, my father and our family. Uh, it's no secret that he kept my father employed until the day that my father uh, passed away. I, 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 again, as much as I knew about his career and, and living with him in this neighborhood for many years, I still was unaware of the role that he had, the complete, I was not, I was somewhat unaware of just how much of a role he had uh, in the rebuilding Jewish culture uh, in, uh, in Eastern Europe and the world um, through the Memorial Foundation. So I know that you knew him certainly and you know what he meant to my family, so I thought we would acknowledge his passing as well. Absolutely. He was a very unique individual. When I first came to New York, he gave me the best advice when I when I started the Soviet Jury Conference and the the movement uh, here in New York, uh, that aspect and he I went to see him and spent time with him. He was then at NACRAC, the National Jewish Community Relations Council umbrella organization, and he always had something wise to say. Yeah. He was uh, low key in his own approach to things, and then of course when he went to the Memorial Foundation, where he had a chance to to run it himself and to really put his imprimatur on it, it really did make a lasting difference. How many scholars he is responsible for, how much of Jewish life, the revitalization of Jewish life uh, that was done often below the radar, but in a very meaningful way. Yeah, no question about it. They didn't get the publicity that others get, but they certainly did in a very meaningful way, and our condolences to the entire extended Hachbaum family. Malcolm Holmline's with us. It's the weekly update. Is Zelensky putting unfair pressure on the Prime Minister of Israel to continue even further in support of his cause? I think that everyone is putting unfair pressure and often maligning Israel. Uh, and I think uh, I would guarantee that 99.9% of the people listening to us do not know what Israel is really doing for the um, Ukrainian population in the Ukraine on its borders and coming to Israel. So far, I think about 18,000 people have come to Israel, uh, two-thirds of them not under the law of return, and and, and that's about 18,000 more than the U.S. has taken so far and about 17,000 more than Great Britain. But they all sit and criticize, and then the, the, um, the declarations Israel sent from the very start, 100 tons of humanitarian relief. They have hundreds of Israelis on the borders of every kind. There are 65 doctors who went with the, and then nurses and others, with the field hospital. But it's not the only place. Right there on the border, they have uh, set up uh, through Israel Relief and and other uh, organizations. And the the, uh, uh, supplemental uh, shipments from from Israel. In fact, they, they sent I think six generators. Each of them weighs five tons, and the, um, the constant flow of aid, assistance, and money, and the fact that the, the world jury has responded, especially American jury, I have to say, in such overwhelming ways, from the Jewish agency, the Joint, so many others, and dealing with every aspect. And some individual organizations have taken on specific projects, getting medical equipment, but. Israel has been super generous. I, I went to the airport. I saw how they took in one plane uh, that was sponsored by uh, uh, Pastor Hagee and Christians United, but many others have sponsored these trips uh, in addition to what the government of Israel itself has put out. I can tell you that in one month, 
Mashab, the foreign aid agency of the, uh, within the foreign ministry, spent their entire year's budget. And yet they're continuing to put out, sending people, uh, sending experts uh, to the different borders. And remember, it means Moldova, uh, Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary. Um, and I think that it's, it's such a remarkable story. I heard one of the uh, people from the foreign ministry who was working on it yesterday. I myself couldn't believe it when you hear this whole catalog of what Israel has done, and yet they become the target and the demands that Israel should do more, that Israel has to do more when Israel is in a unique position, and and because of that, Bennett has been able to play somewhat of a role, and, and Zelensky is encouraging him to continue to play that role. Uh, I thought his speech crossed the line when he went to, the, to speak at the Knesset, and I understand the pressures and all the things that he is under, but um, and then he backtracked a little bit on it and welcomed both Israel's interventions and um, somewhat the assistance. Meaning, but, meaning me, what, what bothered you, the comparison to the Shoah, you mean? That and, and the tone, I mean, to, to, to criticize Israel in that, as he did, right. the demands for more, you know, it, it, people say that the Iron Dome should be sent to Israel, and I'm sure you've heard this yeah. from a lot of people. <laughs> but you explained that but, to us, yeah. I tried to explain it last week, but there's even there's much, so much more to it. It takes a, a, over a year to set it up. It takes a year and a half to train people. It, it's it's not meant for short-range rockets. The ones that are being fired by Russians is for uh, a longer distance. They they um, you know the inappropriateness of it. And Israel, which only has ten and is facing the potential onslaught of, of missiles, and had to go to Congress to get money for additional uh, replacement parts. To say that it's Israel's obligation to do that, whereas we're not putting the onus on others who have that we have the Patriot one, right. we're giving them that one, we're doing right. other things. It seems that it's just being singled out in unfair ways. No, I, I understand that, and I'm not minimizing that, but but you have to acknowledge that he, meaning Zelensky, is doing this really to everybody. I mean, the the intense pressure that he continues to put on different countries, especially the NATO countries. Um, with what he's saying and how often he's speaking and the attitude that he's con- that he's projecting, um, it, it really everybody's feeling the pressure. Now the question is, we're a month into this war, and now if he's starting to believe the pundits that are all over the media, he he now is convinced that he has a real shot to win this thing or you know end it in a way that's more positive for Ukraine than for Russia. Um, is NATO are the as they meet? Are these countries going to, I don't want to say fall for it, but are they going to give in to his demands and start shipping unlimited weapons in order for him to, again, try to win this thing? Look, I think that he, he, he nobody can deny the leadership he, he has uh, demonstrated. And uh, I wasn't singling him out for, for the criticism. It was right. just that he gave that particular speech. Right. But nobody can deny, you know, the stalwart position and how the world is so hungry for leadership. And they found in him somebody who could talk to the world. I mean, I, I spoke to him on the phone a couple of weeks ago. We Then we had a call with the whole conference. Um, I met with him numerous several times before he before this when he became president and visited the United States on different occasions um, and he you know he was very nice but you didn't see the strength of leadership that he has uh, demonstrated and you know it looks like he turned the corner but in fact if you look at the devastation that has been wrought on many of these cities it's not 
necessary stuff that we see until you get these helicopter pictures in the aftermath of uh, hundreds of buildings destroyed. Yeah, it looks apocalyptic. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, first of all, there are a lot of warnings in all of this for for Israel, for everybody to take. I think it's it's caused the revitalization of NATO, not something I think uh, Mr. Putin intended. Uh, I think the internal situation there is is deteriorating, and and he will be more – he could be more desperate for a solution or more desperate for a win uh, if he believes that the people, you know, are going to hold him to account. And eventually, if the numbers of lost soldiers is anywhere near correct what they're saying, 15,000, maybe more, uh, Russian soldiers have been lost or captured or whatever – uh, this is one of the things that the Russians are very sensitive to is the body bags. And the reports are that they incinerate the bodies because they don't take them back. And the, uh, so there will be some accounting on all of this at some point. we have any idea uh, what percentage of Russians are for the war? we have any idea what percentage of Russians support Putin? Well, the, the, in the elections, he gets uh, no, so that's an about indicator. Support. But the, 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 not, you're not getting real honest Gallup polls of people. That, I mean, there are polls that have come out that showed that half the people did not support it. Others that show that not, a much bigger percentage support it. So uh, you can't really go uh, based on it. What we know is that there is this low tolerance level. They know that the people now, because they can't use their credit cards because of all the other impositions that this has made on their economic standing, let alone on the political isolation, which is not what the average person is concerned about. There is a, a nationalism in, in Russia, and there is they do see it, and they've built up this, this image in the, on the relationship with, um, with Ukraine. Uh, but it's you know, it's uh, it, it, there's nobody who can, I think, give a straight answer right now, except as the pain increases, the support will decrease. And if Putin f- could feel threatened, both, I mean, there are stories all the time coming out that uh, rich people have have set him up or or others, and there are, the people have been arrested for it. If you criticize it publicly, you can be arrested. And we see the exodus of people from, from Russia, including Russian Jews going to Israel. I don't know. I think that uh, as time goes by, it's possible that the Russian people could become more supportive, especially when they see the type of reaction that uh, they're getting from Ukraine, the pushback that that they're getting. I don't know. It, it might it might have an opposite effect and really energize the people uh, to support Putin and his efforts more. You know, body bags are only an issue when when people are indifferent to the cause. If they become passionate about it, then they're willing to sacrifice in order to make uh, to make progress. I'm not sure that that is correct, but I think the first part of what you said is certainly um, the, the, the nationalism is a strong trend. I mentioned that, yeah. and that you know he makes this a case for liberating the territory, that stuff that belongs to them, et cetera, that. Um, that appeals to, to large swaths of the Russian people, I'm sure. Yeah, I hear that. All right, so a week ago, it sounded like in our conversation, we, we, I mean, we just had no idea you know, what direction Putin would go in. Uh, anything more definitive seven days later? Like, uh, it, I know predictions are difficult, but it, do we see or get any indication that we're closer to a ceasefire, closer to some type of peace agreement, closer to him you know, going in and just completely destroying the place? Like, what? Anything different about this week? 
Well, there's a lot of interventions and different people, Erdogan, of course, Bennett, others who are trying to play mediating roles. Uh, so far, we haven't seen uh, any real results from it. And I think what you said earlier is that, that he can't leave appearing to have been defeated right. because that atmosphere could affect his own survival uh, as a leader. And I think he... Um, uh, so I, I don't see where there is a, a big shift. We saw the, this week that the sixth general or equivalent right. was killed. You know, this is going to have long-term implications uh, for him when, when so many of his precision-guided missiles don't seem to be working. And the Air Force not performing uh, well. You know, he had dominance in the sky, and yet we've seen that his planes, helicopters have been shot down, and and the uh, now the influx of material from the from Europe from elsewhere of rockets anti that can be used any aircraft etc um, you know this is the more can go in a different direction and I think that my belief is that he he really thought this was going to be a knife through butter type operation like Crimea uh, and like Donbass that he would be able to quickly move in take over with this overwhelming force of 150,000 and he's lost about at least 10% of them already. Is a Zelensky uh, capture or surrender the only option for Putin? I mean, anything short of that is a defeat for him? Like, is that how it um, has to end in his in his head? Is that how it has to end? Well, I think taking over Kiev and replacing the government, even if even if he doesn't capture him, would be the, you know, that's having the flagpole. Yeah, understood. But I, I would I would guess that honestly, I would I would guess his capture would just be a you know an automatic at that point if if they if they would make that. No, unless he gets out. Oh yeah, I understand that if he escapes, but it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't look like he has any desire. No, I think and that's a, a remarkable demonstration yeah. on his part, and I think it rallied his people. And I, I think you have to give credit that people have been remarkably resilient. People uh, have volunteered. Uh, people both of the Ukrainian heritage and others. To, to fight, to go to the borders to work. I, I think the humanitarian response, again, has been quite remarkable. Uh, what type of commitment has NATO made? What type of aid are they committing? Are they going to give unlimited weapons? What what have they decided now that the big NATO meeting's taken place? Uh, I don't know the final outcome in terms of that. There's certainly not going to be unlimited weapons. Individual countries have been making commitments. They did commit to... Um, defensive weapons and to uh, some to supplying some rockets but they also talked about uh, if if the um, if it goes in the wrong direction and if, if uh, chemical weapons or anything are used that they would then respond in very significant ways so it's really a warning to Putin more than a pledge uh, of immediate relief All right understood and uh, in in general is there a way to evaluate if this NATO get-together was successful or had a you know, is, had a positive impact on all of this. You know, we're so many of us are very uh, inclined uh, to question President Biden's leadership at this time, both in this country and as you know, the head of the free world, so to speak. <laughs> when a meeting like this takes place, do we know if the if the gathering led to some positive developments? Well, the very fact that it took place was considered development, a positive development, and the fact that NATO was considered on the ropes or of being more and more marginalized, I think this has put them back in center stage and given them uh, an elevated platform again. Um, but in terms
terms of what they reached quietly, there was a lot of bilateral talks and meetings. You know, the Japanese uh, prime minister with the with President Biden over the North Korea's uh, new launches and, and escalation there. I think and meetings um, with various others on a bilateral basis. But the multilateral commitment is what I think was important. And now the question is: Are we going to prove the impotency or the relevance? of the agency overall, and will countries really rise? You know, it's already a month into this war, and we're still seeing countries for the first time starting to respond. So we will we will see. We'll, we'll learn much more about what happened uh, in, inside the discussions, and more importantly, to me, it's always what happens outside the formal meetings. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world of web, and AlchemSiegel.com on the AlchemSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. A couple of things about Israel before we go back to the world picture. We should mention, number one, this uh, horrific terror attack in Beersheba uh, in, in the category of the more things change, the more they stay the same. Now, this is somebody who, in addition to being an ISIS sympathizer, actually spent time in jail, right? He did. He was in jail, and he went before the court, and he pled uh, for the court's mercy that he is a changed person, and he regretted what he did, and uh, he was a member of ISIS, or sympathizer, and clearly... And then he, and he, was, he worked in a school. He was a, I think he was a gym teacher, oh, but he, he worked in a school, and now you see that... Uh, the court was uh, was not told the truth. What did you? Well, first of all, a terrible tragedy. I mean, obviously, uh, four victims, and again, more things. You know, we forget it's 2022, and we forget that still these terror attacks happen on too often a, a regular basis in Israel. Uh, it's not just at the height of intifadas, and it's not just when you know everyone's on complete, uh, you know, alert for these things, but uh, they happen all the time, unfortunately. Um, what do you think of the confiscation of the weapons of those who, uh, the weapon of, of the person who is responsible for actually gunning this guy down? Well, the, the, the charge the police, I think, made at the time was that he may have shot too often or that they just um, wanted to investigate it. I think it's been returned to him. Oh, really? I think the I public know. reaction or the pledge to return it, uh, the public reaction has been extremely strong to it, that this guy is a hero for, for what he did intervening and uh, I think there were two people actually who who, uh, right. who intervened, uh, and the members of Knesset, ministers, others spoke out in his defense. And the other thing from Israel that I have to mention, even though I really don't want to, is the rise in cases. And I know nobody wants to hear this. I get it. Uh, can I <laughs> can I can I hope? I don't want to say can I assume, but can I hope that even though there's a rise in cases, I think the number I saw was sixteen thousand, maybe or twelve thousand. Uh, can I hope that Israel is going to go in the direction of other countries and not implement lockdowns and mandates and just, you know, and sort of work its way and let people work their way through uh, whatever, um, you know, positive uh, COVID tests they have? Is that is that likely or are we heading in a different direction like lockdowns and mandates? I think everybody's going to be very reluctant to head into a lockdown, especially with Pesach coming the tourism industry has been decimated, as we all know, um, and schools will be letting out. Other breeding grounds will perhaps be limited. Maybe they will impose restrictions on some of the activities, public uh, gatherings. But right now, I don't think that's in the cards either. I think people 
really have had enough of it, and they understand the public sentiment and will not go out of their way to um, to reimpose restrictions. Malcolm, have you participated in any COVID's over uh, celebrations yet or not? No, I have not. You have not. So you're I, not I didn't ready. Know that it was over. So, you, so you're not there. ready. You're not ready to. I don't want to say admit, but you're not ready to recognize that this thing is completely over. I think anybody who looks at the numbers, I know people both in Israel and here in the last week. Again, it's a clear uptick in the number of people who who have been uh, who are getting sick, even though very mildly in most of the cases. But um, not to be dismissed. It's not over, and people still should exercise seichel and, and uh, especially with the chagim coming to um, to be careful. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you're you're speaking to a long COVID guy, as my audience knows. Uh, exactly. And at, I, I spoke to somebody who went to a, a wedding in Florida this, this week, and he said many people came back sick or didn't come back, uh, I mean, because they're recuperating there. But right. the, the, we hear it often, so people just should be careful. Uh, that's for sure. What does it mean that, uh, that the United States is offering? I, 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 just explain the headline. A million dollars for those who can uh, prove that Israel has violated human rights? So this is a program which uh, the State Department, in which the State Department gives a grant of $987,654 for projects that include reporting human rights violations by Israel. And this clearly is for the BDS groups and those who are anti-Israel. This is coming from the State Department's Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor. Uh, and they, they, this is this also has practical implications because they go, they publish reports, they they malign Israel. We know that it's it's complete distortion and misrepresentations. Uh, these are these grants are are will go the the people who receive the grants then go and lobby the International Criminal Court, the UN agencies, to sanction Israel. And I think that this is and the State Department you know, the administration repeatedly rejected these kind of campaigns, so this is outrageous. And I know that members of the Senate, others are, and we, many have protested it, and God willing, we'll, we'll, we will see this uh, ended. Has the conference come out against uh, permanent daylight savings time or not? No, that's not generally an issue we would deal with. <laughs> I know, but there are a lot of people in the Jewish, especially Orthodox Jewish world, who are very concerned about it. So Some of our members have come out and spoken about right. it. But it looks it's like not within it, our mandate. Yeah. It looks like it's going to go through, and you know, child safety is the number one priority. And I think people forget that forty years ago, when this happened, there were a lot of terrible episodes because it was so dark in the morning, and cars didn't realize that kids were walking in the street, and all that stuff. So I don't know how long Absolutely. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I know that for our own interests, uh, in terms of uh, the times of uh, davening, of davening in terms of when Shabbos starts, etc., there are a lot of people who are upset. About it, the IRGC chief has threatened both the United States and Israel. Uh, what can you tell us about that? What's the news there? <laughs> He's constantly threatening uh, everybody and and everything that uh, that moves. The IRGC is is threatening because they want the sanctions removed in the talks. Iran as a whole is demanding that the sanctions against the leadership of the IRGC be removed. There's a lot of pressure, and not never enough, on the administration not to allow this to happen. This would be an absolute disaster to to remove the sanctions and to take them off the foreign terrorist organization list, which the previous administration put them on. 
and the uh, uh, the uh, talks, by the way, if you notice, have been stalled. I think there's a couple things. One, the Russians are demanding that they be exempted from the sanctions in their their sanctions in their dealings with Iran, meaning that they would be able to sell their oil through Iran. They could bypass the economic sanctions, do the banking and everything through Iran. The uh, Iranians are demanding that the IRGC be taken off the foreign terrorist organization list and other things. Unfortunately, it looks like they got most of the other things already agreed to. Uh, and there are many who believe it's a fait accompli and, and uh, we're, we're stuck uh, where we are. But it, it should not be the case. Uh, you know, Iran is no longer a year away, which was what the Obama-era agreement sought to, to do. The New Deal is not a stronger deal, a longer deal. It's a worse deal. It's a shorter deal. And, the um, you know, that uh, when Lavrov makes the demands that he wants written guarantees to exempt the Russian-Iranian transactions, I think that they, that they are holding them all up because the West wants this so badly that they're going to be able to continue just to make demands on uh, on the the uh, U.S. and uh, which isn't sitting at the table, but the others that are and U.S. and representing the U.S. at the same time. So the the we've seen that the Iranians uh, are suffering tremendous economic dislocation right now. We have the pressure on them. Khamenei gave a speech this week in which he said that solving Iran's economic problems soon is not realistic. I mean, can you imagine the guy, the, the supreme leader, saying to them, people don't expect that the, we're going to be able to turn the economy around, that um, he said, we hope that some problems can be resolved in the year ahead, but he said hardships are coming, et cetera, and, and a doubt that the economic crisis could be uh, resolved. Uh, in any time in the near future. They also see them cracking down internally over, you know, the new year there is uh, March 20th, and it uh, becomes an occasion for government, anti-government demonstrations. Uh, even Turkey came out and said that Iran is the biggest obstacle to Iraq's stability and stability in the region. Uh, and the, um, uh, the, all of these things are interrelated in terms of what is happening in Vienna, that the fact is that, that we are going, we're, we're walking away, we're going to walk away with a deal if they sign it that is not a return to the previous agreement. This is a much worse deal, not only in terms of the amounts of money that they will get, but also we know that their breakout is now maybe four weeks, and they, they're allowing them to put in more advanced centrifuges, and they don't have to remove them. They just have to close them, you know, uh, um, stop them. So they can reactivate this program at any time. There are many uh, aspects to this. I mean, it's a very complicated uh, deal, obviously, but it's we're headed in a very bad direction. And you see the reaction when a number of four Arab countries came out against it. You saw the meeting of Assad visiting UAE. These are all messages to U.S. The UAE backed the opposition to Assad. The meeting in Cairo of Prime Minister Bennett, the president of Egypt, and the uh, crown prince of the UAE. This was a gathering because of Iran. They could talk about all the other topics, they said, but this was the primary thing, and it was a message. And when the prime minister says he can't believe that the United States is headed in this direction and, and uh, will accept an uh, agreement uh, of this kind, and all the time they're saying, well, Iran will agree to a de-escalation in the region, and they're saying they're not going to agree to it. 
So when Senators Cardin and Menendez and many others publicly criticize the republic, the removing of the IRGC, it's something. It's not just Republicans uh, who who are uh, uh, are saying it. And the uh, I know that the, uh, some of the reports or the meetings that took place in Cairo, or in Sharm el-Sheikh, actually, uh, the Palestinian issue didn't even come up. It was all about these other uh, matters, which are of primary importance to all of the parties, and the disappointment and the expectation that uh, a deal like this could be signed and that Iran is, is going to be let off the hook with tens of billions of dollars to spend on regional destabilization. Do you think that uh, the White House is behaving this way? And, boy, if this is true, it would be awful. But is it possible the White House is behaving this way because they just don't want to look Trumpian? In other words, if Trump wouldn't have canceled this deal, we'd be in a much better position right now to, to get the White House to, you know, to consider um, no deal with Iran. Uh, but Look, I think there are people who really believe in the deal and, and people in the administration. Remember, many of the people involved, including Rob Malley, who was in charge of our negotiations and I think responsible for, for this deal, were all amongst the original authors of the JCPOA. So they have you know, sort of a vested interest in, in reviving it and, and some who actually believe that it, it serves some purpose, that they say, look, in the interim, Iran moved ahead with its uh, program and, you know, that the uh, pulling out wasn't, it wasn't, um, didn't achieve the goal. But the fact is that we cut them off we, we, from the sources of funding. We, we sanctioned them uh, even more heavily and therefore their economy is in absolute shambles. Iran needs this deal so badly, and yet we we look like we're the supplicants in this um, in this arrangement. The um, uh, and the implications regional will be uh, amazing. It will drive these countries further and further away from the U.S. You saw that uh, Saudi Arabia, for instance, said that uh, they may pay uh, or have the China pay in yuan instead of the petrodollars, U.S. dollars for oil, which would have a very strong impact. And the the general dissatisfaction that is being expressed, it's not, it's not hidden anymore. Uh, the United States sent Patriot missiles to Saudi Arabia after we removed them because of the threat from the Houthis. But they look at it and they say, where have you been till now? And, the you know, we need these allies. These are critical. And the, the idea that the Iran deal um, could go through as proposed is really uh, quite outrageous. Yeah, and it's hard to believe that... Uh that all these countries, all these representatives, are meeting with the ones that you told us about, whether it's uh, Israel and Egypt, whether it's UAE and Assad, whoever it is. <laughs> but in Washington, they don't get the urgency of this. They, uh, they get it. They understand. By the way, you know, Nahum, no, no, one thing that just slipped my mind before I wanted to say, you know that Russia gets $10 billion as a contract with Iran, $10 billion to expand and rehabilitate the Boucher nuclear reactor. Wow. $10 billion, and they're demanding that it be built into it, that this be uh, allowed. This is an expansion of, of the, the Boucher reactor, and we know that from the reactors uh, in the Tons and others, when they rebuilt them, they're building things the size of football fields underground. So the underground um, drone and uh, missile capacity that they have and storage facilities, Israel or somebody last week, managed to take out a facility, and supposedly hundreds of drones uh, were destroyed. Iran doesn't have much of an air force, but they have these drones which can carry missiles and weapons, 
and they have, of course, uh, expanded their missile capacity. Another thing, under the deal, they, they continue to, to test and build the ballistic missiles, which is a violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions, not just the JCPOA. Well, if there's billions of dollars involved, maybe someone's being paid off to make sure that the Iran deal goes the way Iran wants it to go. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows how they're spending the money? Um, Why? Well, thank you very much, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again soon. God willing, we will talk, and uh, uh, people should stay on top of it. And if you have a chance, write your congressman against this deal and to let them know the idea that the IRGC should not be allowed um, to to withdraw and just for, for Shabbos, remember, Israel this year is the ninth ha- happiest country in the world, moved up from number 11 to number <laughs> 9. So so there's plenty to be happy about. And also in Egypt, you know, they found a huge new Geniza inside one of the Jewish cemeteries. Unfortunately, the material is confiscated right now, but uh, hopefully we will get access to um, another Geniza, which yielded in the past uh, amazing stuff. Is Egypt also in the top 10 of happy countries, or you don't know? I didn't see that they made the top ten. <laughs> but, we should, but we should be happy Israel did. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time, weekly update here at JMNAM. Erev Shabbos Parsha Shemini, Erev Shabbos Parah, candlelighting time in New York, 6.53. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Nisan will be next Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is actually next Shabbos. Two Torahs tomorrow, two Torahs tomorrow, Shemini and Parah, and three Torahs next week. I'm sure we'll talk more about that as we get closer and closer to next week. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmini. In addition, we take out two Sifrei Torah. Tomorrow is the third of the Arba Parshios. Tomorrow is Parshas Parah. We read of the Parah Aduma, the red heifer, and the procedure whereby it is uh, taken and brought to the state of ashes, whereby the ash of the Paraduma and water mixed when it is sprinkled on a person who is Tomei Nefesh, went to a funeral and was under the same roof as the deceased, or was part of a Hebra Kadisha, and they washed and dressed the deceased, that person becomes Tomei Nefesh. And unless the ash of the Pora Duma is sprinkled upon them on day three and day seven of their designated week of purification, they do not become Tahor. We read this on this Shabbos, it's a way of telling us not that Purim is behind us, but that Pesach is coming quickly. And as a result, we have to be in a state of purity in order to partake of eating of the Korban Pesach, in order to partake of the mitzvah of Aliyah Laregel to come to the Pesach Mikdosh on Pesach. And so 
we pray that this is going to happen quickly, soon, in our day. And it is at the moment, Unishama Porims Vaseinu, it is at the moment that our lips, reading about it, studying about it, should be looked upon by our Kurdish Baruchu as if it was done, demonstrating our pining for, please God, the third base Hamigdash. Pasha Shmini, according to the Chinuch, contains 17 mitzvos, six positive mitzvos, and 11 restrictions. <coughs> Moreover, the first part of the parsha tells us of the korbanos that were brought on the Yom HaShmini, the eighth day, which is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the eighth day following the seven days of preparation, Milui, that Aaron and his sons underwent in order to perform the Avoda in the Mishkan, and the bulk of the mitzvot in the parsha come from the second half of the parsha, whereby the Torah lays out for us the laws of Kashrus. And very quickly on that, I want to just point out that the Torah first tells us to identify a kosher animal. It is to have two signs. One, split hooves. Secondly, chew its cud. What didn't you understand? If you bring an animal and you see it has both qualities, characteristics, you know it's kosher. If it doesn't have it, you know it's not. Yet the Torah goes out of its way and the Torah then goes on to list three plus one, three animals that have only one of the two signs, namely, they chew their cud, and they are the camel, they are the woodchuck, and they are the rabbit. These three chew its cud, but don't have split hooves. And finally, the Torah says there's one animal in the entire world that has split hooves and doesn't chew its cud, and that is the pig. Now I ask you, why must the Torah identify these four animals that have only one of the two? And I believe the very powerful answer is that whoever wrote the Torah, and we know that it comes from Hashem, because only God could know then and now what's going on in the world. And guess what? In the last 3,300 years, no one has ever found a fifth animal that has only one of these two traits. Hashem is the author of the Torah. The Torah is divine. The word divine has many meanings. Firstly, coming from God. Secondly, wow, it is godly. And I believe that using that expression, that it is godly, and what it gives to the individual, I, be, I think would be an appropriate way to speak for a few moments about the tremendous loss that the Jewish world has suffered with the passing of Reb Chaim Kanievsky right before Shabbos last week. Given that the Levaya was on Sunday, 
this Shabbos morning is when the family and the Jewish world gets up from Shiva. There is no Avelus Bifarhesia on Shabbos, but we should all consider ourselves Avelim. Why? In this week's parasha, we are taught that when Nodav and Avil die, because they brought an Ish Zora, a fire which was not called upon, asked for by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so we are told over there that the entire house of Israel, they are to literally cry, literally in the future, Hashem. And what does Rashi say on the spot? Mikan, that the entire nation is to mourn with because we are to feel the closeness, the connection to the tzaddik. I just want to share a little bit about Reb Chaim who was literally Chad Bedoro, who was most atypical and most unique in our generation. Number one, in his knowledge. He was not only a brilliant child prodigy, what was your pilpul at your bar mitzvah? At his bar mitzvah, he was Messiah Shas. That's correct. He finished all of Shas at the time of his bar mitzvah. But not only did he have incredible knowledge and had all of Torah at his fingertips, his hasmada, his diligence, his learning of Torah constantly, and that's the key word, never stopped, this is what characterized him. He had a Kabbalah from his father, the stipler, that he accepted Sandakos to be a Sandak at Brisim and traveled all over to honor people. But what did he do when they asked him, is it not a waste of your time? And the answer is no, he learns in the car. He never stopped learning. But there is so much more to this man. I urge you, take out and bring to the table tonight or tomorrow the sixth chapter of Pirkei Ovos. And the first Mishnah in the sixth chapter begins with Rabbi Meir Omer, one who studies Torah, Lishma, for its own sake, not for any other ulterior motive, he merits many things. And the Mishnah goes on to enumerate many. But I want to focus on that which we find further down in the Mishnah. Nenim mimenu what happens is, as a result of his studying Torah, people enjoy from him 
counsel and wisdom. This <coughs> was an incredible chesed that Reb Chaim provided for the Jewish world. So many flocked to him for Eitzah, for advice. And they asked advice regarding medical issues. They asked advice regarding shiduchim. They asked advice regarding business questions. And he answered them all on the spot. Now, if he didn't go to medical school, how could he answer medical issues? And the answer is just the Mishnah that we said. Li Eitzah. Mishnah is telling us that counsel ultimately and wisdom comes from the Torah, comes from Hashem. And we know that Kuchubrihu, HaKadosh Baruch Oraisa, the Torah, and Yisrael and the Jewish people, Chadhu, they become one. When one is so thoroughly engrossed in Torah, and one is so thoroughly committed to the Jewish people that he avails himself of his time and sees people for hours on end. Amazing. And when he was younger, till literally two in the morning, the patience that he had for people. He answered questions and letters hundreds per day. And not only from his colleagues and wise individuals, but children who wrote to him. He answered them as well, knowing that an answer from him to them would give them such an inspiration and a drive to continue their learning of Torah. So he answered questions to children as well. An individual such as this, who had number one, Torah, but this not just the study of Torah, but that Torah enabled him to literally get, as he said, what Hashem puts in my mouth, that's what I answer. To reach that kind of a madriga, unbelievable. And this is not what you would call a Baumo face, not at all. This is all coming from Li Eitzah, coming from the Torah, which gives man an opportunity to grow in, in such a fashion. <coughs> Secondly, not only his Torah, his avoda, his tefillah, he davened from the sitter. During Chazorah's hashats, he did not look out from the sitter, followed with his finger word for word from the sitter. An incredible intensity of prayer. And we mentioned his chasodim. I want to basically end with two stories. One is a famous story about the grasshopper, whereby he was studying and wished he could actually see a grasshopper to have a greater understanding as to the various parts and determining <coughs> its halachic status. And guess what? A grasshopper appeared at his window. His wife, the daughter of the late Rebel Yoshev 
Zatzal told her father that when he needed it, the grasshopper came to him. And Rabbi Yoshev believed it and said, what an incredible sayato deshmayo, what an incredible demonstration of God's literally involvement in his life. And listen carefully, his wife, the Rebetzin, communicated this to give chizuk to a woman who was having problems and she was on the verge and studying to become a balas tshuva. And she told this woman the story of the grasshopper. Her husband, a zoologist, said, impossible. Grasshoppers live in swamps. Grasshoppers don't travel by themselves. And guess what? The grasshopper came to his window. And they became Shomri Torah Mitzos as well. Not a Baal Mofase. It's all coming from Lee Eitzah. I want to conclude with the following. Professor Yuval Elbashan is the Dean of the Law Faculty at Ono Academic College and in the past was a community lawyer and social advocate for the poor. He met with Hagon, Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal on a number of occasions and despite his staunchly secular and liberal background and his skepticism of religion, he was moved by the Godol Hador's modesty and especially his devotion to the downtrodden. Professor Elbashan wrote an article for Globes about his impression of Rav Chaim Zetzal, which focused on a very different aspect of the Godol Hador, that religious people almost forget due to their focus on Rav Chaim's Hasmada, brilliance in Torah, and his seeming Ruach HaKodesh. The fact that Rav Chaim Zatzal spent hours and hours of his precious time doing chesed by gladdening the heart of broken people without fanfare or any thought of being compensated. As Professor Albashan wrote, if only the secular world had someone like this for downtrodden people, someone who is accessible to everyone and not only the wealthy. Chaval al da'abdin v'lomishtachin. Woe unto us for what we have lost. Let's end by saying, we have lost someone with great hasmada. Each and every one of us can now contribute, as he did so much, a few more minutes a day. Think how we can, quote, steal a few more minutes per hour day to put Torah in it, and think how we should be more accessible to others who are unfortunately broken at times with different issues, being there for them is not only going to be a great chesed, making our world a better one, but it's going to literally make you a living Talmud of the great tzaddik Hador that passed away. Tehei nishmaso tzrura b'tzror hachayim. Shabbat shalom to all.
Shaling Malachem, Malachi Hashores, Malachi Elio, Mi Melech Malachi Amilachim, Akolish Borahu. Shaling Malachem, Malachi Hashores, Malachi Elio. So you see Spinner at a uh, wedding on uh, Sunday night. It was very nice to see him, and there he is with uh, Shalom Aleichem. Friday morning broadcast, JMNAM, and this Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini, Erev Shabbos Para, candlelighting at 653 in New York. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Uh, Abel's and Hyman has delicious and incredible um, kosher hot dog sausage in Delhi. Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Young Israel of Hillcrest has announced their Shabbos scholar and resident schedule. Rabbi Menachem Liebtag is going to be there for Shabbos this Shabbos tonight. He'll speak about the biblical roots of how we welcome Shabbat. Tomorrow he speaks about seven or eight, which number has more Kedusha. Shabbos afternoon, let my people go. Why the God of truth employs trickery to redeem his nation. Uh, Shabbos afternoon, reexamining our Haggadah, why we quote Sefer Dvarim way more than Sefer Shmos. 
and then in search of the Seder and Magid in a Zoom session on Saturday night. Ryan Menachem Liebtag, Young Israel of Hillcrest on Jewel Avenue in Fresh Meadows. That starts tonight. He is an amazing and incredible presenter. Anybody who has the privilege of being there, enjoy. Make sure to enjoy. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Um, <laughs> Ellie Lassen says, next week Israel will rise even higher in the happiness rankings when people realize there's no Tachanan for about a month. That's a good one. I like that. That's a very good one. Uh, meanwhile, listener Klein says, it takes twos already starting, picking up an issue with the Pesach issue of Fleshix for a friend. Uh, not an expensive way to brighten someone's chag, but yes, a very uh, a wonderful way to... Uh, to enhance someone's chag. So yes, the It Takes Two campaigns we're going to be speaking a lot more about next week is again taking off, and we're offering suggestions of what people could do to just uplift somebody before Yontif or to help a family before Yontif. You know my favorite example, which is the pizza example, uh, providing pizza dinner, any type of dinner, for families on Wednesday and Thursday night before the Seder. The Seder is Friday night. Uh, it's a time of great tension in families and households. And that can alleviate a lot of pressure. And whether you want to do that or purchase a gift card for somebody <coughs> for before Yuntiv, all we ask is when someone does something nice for you before Yuntiv, whether it costs a dollar or a million dollars, someone does something nice for you before Yuntiv, go ahead and find someone to do a similar type of thing for. And that's why we call it It Takes Two. Uh, a gentleman who has been a uh, big supporter of, I don't mean financially, I mean enthusiastically, of the It Takes Two campaign uh, is our very own Ralph Rosenbaum, who we refer to as Mr. Chairman. Ralph is uh, going to actually incorporate this Shabbos, the It Takes Two campaign, in a presentation he's going to be making at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. Ralph, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Good morning, Nachum. Pleasure to speak with you, sir. Why has the It Takes Two campaign resonated with you? Well, from a of, let, let, let's go back. I'm going to talk tomorrow. This is the 11th year of my miracle. We're not going to get into what it was, but I want the community to help me uh, help me celebrate my miracle by doing chesed. And I found out by doing chesed, you, the, you, the giver, gets a lot out of it. <laughs> That's an understatement. That, no, I'm very... I, have, I did this last year with people, and I got such a high, a legal high... By giving, by by giving, by giving to people, by doing something, by uh, getting them a, a, a buying them a pizza, um, helping them out, helping them out with a bottle of wine. In fact, I had a client who I knew uh, has a large family. I called up. I said to them, "Where do you shop?" They told me. I made a phone call. I gave them a gift certificate. Nice. The the, the unbelievable people when I, they came to do their taxes was. Wow, I could not expect that. And it made me feel very, very, very happy. Well, you're, you're taking this very seriously. You're not doing one thing on the list. You're doing most of the things on our list of things what can do before Pesach. So tomorrow, obviously a, uh, a, a medical miracle, if you will. You're going to be celebrating at the Angel right. of East Brunswick. And what will you tell the congregation about this campaign? Will it simply be that message that when one gives, uh, it, it enhances their own life and makes them feel great? Yes, and in addition to that, we should always give back. Hashem is the one up there. Hashem is deciding everything. Let's give back. By doing this type of chesed, we are, by doing this type of chesed, through Hashem, we, we are uh, giving to Hashem His name. We are giving respect to Hashem. 
but we are also giving chesed to other people because they will be very happy at what happens. No question about it. The recipient's happy, and I think you're right. God's happy because that's really one of the things he demands of us is to take care of others, and now before the holiday is the perfect time to do so. I know it's not Nissan yet, folks. Don't panic. But our Nissan Chesed campaign, It Takes Two, has already begun, and we're encouraging people to do anything, small or large, expensive, not expensive, for a family or individual out there before Yontif, and our hope is that they will then go ahead, the recipients will go ahead, and again, small or large, expensive or not, do something for somebody else, uh, and this chain reaction, this domino effect, uh, will be uh, in full swing. And over the next three weeks before we get to Yuntiv, remember the Seder is three weeks from tonight, before we get to Yuntiv, we'll be speaking with different people, uh, rabbis and others in the community who have thoughts about all of this and want to encourage people to just be as giving as possible, especially this time of year. Ralph, anything else you'd like to add, sir? Yes, one last thing, because we did this during COVID, and during COVID we were not, we were separated from each other. That's right. But this year when you say uh, you're finding out somebody's spending Pesach alone, hopefully not, instead of them wishing them a hot kosher Sameach, maybe invite them to your Seder. Yep. It's certainly something that we've got to reintroduce into our repertoire, and that is inviting people over for the Seder who are, in fact, going to otherwise be lonely. Everyone, this is something to consider, and I know that there are there are always COVID fears, and that whole thing looms over everybody, but within reason, within reason, try very hard to get back into that frame of mind where guests will be included in your Seder, especially guests who are in great need during holiday time. Well, Ralph, first of all, we uh, we say uh, Baruch Hashem in terms of the anniversary you're celebrating tomorrow. That's number one. Uh, best regards to everybody down at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. And I hope that not only them, but that people listening right now all around the world will take your words very seriously and hop on the Chesed bandwagon during our It Takes Two campaign. And I, think- I invite every, I invite Nachum, I just uh, re- reiterate your words. I invite people to join in It Takes Two campaign. It is a wonderful campaign. And in fact, you'll get, you yourself, the person giving, will get great nachas out of it. No question about it. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Ralph, and I thank you. Good Shabbos, all. Thank you. Ralph has chaired a lot of things for us. He's not officially chairing this campaign, but he, uh, he is certainly getting out there and trying to convince people to be part of it for their own benefit, as you heard. And next week, we will really start to step things up. Yesterday, during uh, the program that uh, Miriam Wallach did, she invited me on, and we discussed some of the items on the list that I have, um, you know, small gestures or, or larger gestures that one can do, that one can make in order to uh, help a family, a family that's under pressure, a family that's under financial pressure, a family that's just trying to prepare for Pesach, <laughs> even if they're not under pressure. Uh, and often that can be very difficult uh, when you're trying to take care of the kids and keep the daily routine going. So um, we, will, we will take items off that list and we will read them and uh, discuss them. Uh, plus, we will invite our special guests to do the same. And those of you out there who want to comment on the app or send me an email, nachumandnachumsegal.com, with a suggestion, with a suggestion of what you think uh, would be a good idea. My dry cleaning idea is a good one, where you pay someone's dry cleaning bill. My gift card to a supermarket idea is a good one. The pizza idea is fantastic. The tickets to Six Flags is wonderful. But you may have something that I may not have thought of. Uh, that belongs at that list of, uh, of simple gestures. If you do, utilize the app and comment during our show or uh, email Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Sandy Shmueli Atayachad, JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us. Two Torahs tomorrow for Shmini and for Para. So get ready for that. Shabbos Mavarachim. We uh, have Rosh Chodesh coming up next Shabbos. A one-day Rosh Chodesh Nisan next Shabbos on this Shabbos Mavarachim. Friday morning, time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and an amazing week here at JMN. Plenty more coming up today. I shouldn't say wraps up a day. Plenty more coming up. Got music for you coming up next. Table for two with Naomi Nachman will return, I believe, next week. Uh, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos music mix all day long here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Final hour at about um, 6 p.m. presented by Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. That's tomorrow night at 9. Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Matis with yet another great edition of JM Sunday. Make sure to join him. Monday we're back and we'll kick our uh, our our we'll, we'll kick our 
Chesed campaign. It takes two campaign into full gear. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you. Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.